We are on the last uh, series or the last message in the series called Revive Us. If you are tuning in to what is going on in America right now, I don't know about the rest of the world, but there is revival breaking out on college campuses. Many right now. Asbury University is where it started in Kentucky, and there's, it's, it's spreading from what I've been hearing and reading about to several different, um, several different college campuses. What we know um, um, historically, um, not scripturally, but historically from God moving in our nation is that it always happened with young adults. It always happened with college-age people. And so, come on, I, I, I'll be 63 in a couple of weeks, but I still think of myself as a 20-year-old college student. Come on, somebody. Come on, I still got some fire up here shut up in these bones. Anybody with me? Anybody, any, come on, any gray heads with me out there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, so we're seeing God stirring. We're seeing God do amazing things, and I believe it's just the beginning. Come on. It's just like the labor pains of a woman. The baby's not yet coming out. It's going to come soon, but we're in the beginning uh, pains of that. And I'm excited about that. We talked about a couple weeks ago as we started the series over in the Old Testament. We talked about the nation, the nation of Israel and Haggai was prophesying that the people were disinterested in what was going on with the temple, with the house of God. They, they were discouraged with what was happening. They were dissatisfied with their own life, with what they were building, that it took too long. And God then talked to Zechariah, who was another prophet during that time, and gave him a vision of a gold lampstand. And there was a gold bowl over the top of the gold lampstand that had oil. And the oil was coming down through these gold funnels. And, and it, was, it was filling that, that, that candle that needed to be burned continually. And we talked about that the way we stay connected to God would determine if we continually have fire in our life. And so you never, you never have to let the fire go out. The fire of revival. Listen, the fire of when I was 20 years old on July 2nd, 1980, that I gave my life fully to God, got filled with the Holy Spirit, th that fire has not stopped. Guaranteed, I, listen, there have been times it's grown, it, it's gotten a little dimmer that I need to press in a little bit more, but, but the fire has never gone out. Listen, I don't believe we are a people that need to love God and not love God. Serve God and not serve God. Be in the church, be out of the church. I, I don't believe that is God's plan for your and my life. I believe we need to be on fire and keep the fire burning. Come on, somebody. It might be hotter at times, but it needs to continually be simmering. Amen, everybody? Uh, last week, we talked about what's really going on in our nation. We looked at 2 Chronicles chapter 15. We talked about some things that God spoke through the prophets there. We looked at something that God said through the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 that should cause you and I to pay attention. He said three times that God actually gave the people over to whatever they wanted to do. They, they were involved in all kinds of, of, of sin and all kinds of self-serving self sexual sin is what it was really talking about. And God just simply said, if that's what you want to do, I'm going to give you over to do whatever you want to do. You want to do shameful things with your body. You want to do shameful things between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. You want to leave the natural course of a man and a woman in marriage. I'm going to just give you over. That's what the scripture says. And, and it says the wrath of God is being revealed. It is continually being revealed. God's wrath is not for his people, but we see God's wrath in the sense of, you're going to make that choice that I don't want you to make. I'm going to give you up and let you, let, let you see if you like that choice. 
And, and that's the nation that, that we are living in. And really, basically, that's the nation, that, that, that's what's uh, going on in the world right now. And, and so we found out, though, that our response to anybody involved in any kind of sin is, number one, we got to be merciful people. we got to be compassionate people. There, uh, the, the mercy of God needs to be our first step towards somebody. If they're looking for help, even if they're not looking for help, our heart has to be compassionate and merciful towards anybody in any situation, what the book of Jude actually tells us. And there's some people that you know that are friends of yours that you got relationship with, that, that, that it's not just only mercy, it's you got to grab them by the back of the neck and you got to get them out of the fire. Come on, somebody. And so there's this balance and this tension between what you and I do concerning every relationship. But, but at the end of the day, we know that God's will is that all people be saved. Come on, everybody. Is that God be magnified and that God's purpose and plan in our life is one of compassion and one of mercy. Let that be your first step toward anybody that you love and anybody you don't love. <laughs> in the sense you don't even know them, but see people doing crazy stuff. Let it be compassion. Let it be mercy because you don't know how how they got there and why they're there. You don't know the, 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 the thing that has brought them to that decision. So I want to encourage you, be merciful because you don't know their story. The word revive is really interesting. We looked at one definition last week. I'm going to give you another one as we start today. Revive means a renewed attention or interest in something again. Revive, a renewed interest or attention in something again. In other words, I've let this slip. I've pulled back. I thought, about, I thought I knew that, but it's not fresh. It's not in my thinking right now. It means to live again, to be refreshed, to be, to be restored back to the original condition is what revival means. And, and, and God's a genius at allowing this to happen in our life. And, and not that if somebody leaves, he just doesn't go, you're on your own. He, he, he allows us uh, to sense his stirring, to maybe be dissatisfied with where we're at, and, and, and then to come back to him. But, but listen, what I'm going to do today, listen, I'm just telling you, I'm going to kind of wreck you a little bit today uh, in, in the sense that I'm, I'm I'm going to, I've set up this message so that, so that it has maximum impact in your life. And so it's almost like you're going through the high, you're going down Otai Lakes Road and you're coming to one of these crazy intersections and, and you see a car crash and, 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 and you just, it's not a little fender bender, it's an impact. And so what I want to do today really is I want to give you one big thought that I hope is going to impact your life as we just tie the bow around this series about Revive Us because I think I got a better way to have and talk about revival than just talk about God reviving us. Here's the big thought. Look at it today. If we are constantly needing revival, then something is missing in our devotion to God. If we're constantly needing revival, some of y'all that have been in church all your life, revival services, revival ministers would come in. And that, that was the thought. That, that, that's the direction. We, 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 we got to be revived. Well, how come you just can't be vived and stay vived? Come on, everybody. Now, now this is the Old Testament. The nation of Israel would serve God and everything's great. And it's so great, they forgot God. 
So God would bring judges and God would bring, God would allow the enemy to come in their life and the judge would rise up or a prophet would rise up and say, y'all crazy, you left God. And they'd go, you're right. And they'd swing back to God. This pendulum swing of Christianity is not what you and I are to employ. We are to be vived and we're to stay vived. We're to, our, 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 our heart is to be lit and it is to stay lit. Come on, everybody. May 23rd, 1984, and the months and the months and preceding that, my heart got lit by a little five foot four black haired girl in Oklahoma in Bible school. And I proposed to her, and I got a ring for her, and my heart was pitter and pattering. And then on the wedding light night, we, I can't tell you what we did. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and we've been together for the next couple of months, 39 years. And so listen to me. My heart was vibed. My heart was refreshed. My heart was restored. Spirit, soul, body. And I've not looked for another. Not to say that God can't do a great work in anybody who has gone through any kind of divorce or separation or whatever. But I'm saying that we made a decision. You're mine. I'm yours. We're just going to be vibed and we're going to work it out. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Revival, and we've heard these words, is a renewed hunger for God. It's a renewed hunger for God. But, but listen to me. Again, here's my premise, so, so, so just stick with me. You can choose to eat every day and not continually go hungry. It's a renewed hunger for God. But I can choose every day to come to his word. I can choose every day to have time with him in the secret place, Matthew 6, where when I go to the secret place, the scripture says, the Father is going to meet me there. And every day, I don't just need a worship service, but, but this morning I'm crying tears over here, just like I do in my own pr prayer time. Uh, because my heart is continually, God willing, in, in, in a continual state and place of I want to be close to you. You've vived me. You've restored me. You've renewed me. You saved me. You delivered me. I don't want to go out so I have to come in. I'm just going to be that dude that just stays in. Come on, everybody. So today, listen, today, if you haven't picked it up already, I want to talk to you about this revival. We're talking about revive us. I want to talk to you about the beauty of being a disciple. The beauty of being a disciple. Because I believe it's a missing ingredient. I believe discipleship is the goal. Revival's not the goal. Discipleship. And, and again, setting the stage, setting it all clear. It doesn't mean that we don't have times that we press into God. Hashtag January, 21 days of prayer and fasting. It doesn't mean that. That, that is set up as the general normal life of a disciple. It would be good for all of us to have a day, a time, a meal during the week that we probably fast. I'm going to give this time as my discipleship daily endeavor to stay connected to God that I'm going to not eat lunch. And I'm going to sit in my car for that 35, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever you got, and I'm going to just spend some time with the Lord at work. 
I'm going to do it in the morning, as we talked to you about in the morning, Psalm 5. I'm going to direct my heart to you. I'm going to direct my prayer to you. It is my daily disciplined devotion. Not January for three weeks and an, on a, 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 a steroid type of prayer in a movement. No, no, no. I, this is what I do Every day, I am a disciple, a disciple comes, a disciple stays, a disciple sits, a disciple learns. Somebody help me. I don't want to swing in and swing out. I don't want to be up and I don't want to be down. I don't want to leave God and come back to God. That's not the model. The model is once I get in, I stay in. I stay in. So what's a disciple? Definition, let's give a couple here this morning. What's a disciple? Uh, a, a disciple is a learner. Uh, a, it'll be there. A disciple's a student. Uh, a disciple's a follower of Jesus Christ in life and in conduct. This is what a disciple is. You ever are a student, you ever are a learner, you're a follower of Jesus Christ in your life and in your conduct. And, and we know when it comes to the church, there's been a problem with what the world sees the church as because the, 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 they say the, we, we say we're a Christian, but we don't act Christian. Uh, we say we're a Christian, but we don't talk Christian. And so that is not the life of a disciple. A disciple is a follower. A disciple is a student. And a disciple is a learner consistently, consistently. Um, the, the, again, just, just setting up where we want to go. Um, it's, again, I've been around this for a long time, just like a lot of y'all in the room. But the boring, quote-unquote, boring life of a disciple is never celebrated in church. Listen, what's celebrated in church? What's platformed in church? I'll tell you what's platformed in church. The guy, the guy that committed the hideous crime, he went to prison. He did time for X amount of years. He got saved in prison. He found the Bible in prison. He started going to the Christian group in prison. He got saved. He comes out, and he's platformed to give his testimony. That's what's celebrated in our North American culture. But whatever happened to the chick like Kimberly, pardon me, who at three years of age had her heart pitter-pattered because her daddy was a pastor and she was raised in a Christian home. And at three years of age, she sensed, I need Jesus in my life. And she asked Jesus into her life. And, and Jesus has been in her life since she was three years old. And the gal, pardon me, but turned 62 last couple weeks ago. That needs to be celebrated. Come on, everybody. So, yeah, I'm down with the sin, with the cray-cray, with the lifestyle, with the drugs, with the sex, with the perversion. And you gave your heart back to the Lord. Yes and amen. But more than that, we're going to celebrate everybody who's in it and who stays and who serves and who prays. Come on, everybody. Let's think that way. Let's think that way. Man. So what's a disciple, a student, a learner, a follower of Jesus Christ? A disciple is just totally committed to the cause of Christ. Are you committed to the cause of Christ? Totally committed to the cause of Christ. Acts 14, verse 21. I like this scripture. Here's what it says. And when they had preached, these are the apostles, they had preached the gospel to that city, notice this, and made many disciples they returned. They went home. They, they, notice that. They preached the gospel, and they made many disciples. Preaching the gospel, y'all know, is called evangelism. 
It's called evangelism. But teaching those you just preached to or teaching those you reached, this is called and this leads to discipleship. It's not, it's not just evangelism. It's discipleship. It's knowing who I am. It's growing in that. It's becoming a learner, becoming a follower, becoming a student. Every student has homework. Every follower of, in a business, you have assignments you need to do. If you stop learning in the business environment, you'll get let go, unless you're just in, 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 a, in a job or employment that you don't have to keep learning, but the culture's changing. Business is changing. I got to adapt. I got to learn. I, I want to know more. I, I want to keep plugging in. I don't want to thank God for the word that I preached 30 years ago, but I looked at the words, that, the, the, the messages that I had 30 years ago, and I'm going, dear Jesus, why did anybody come hear me? Come on, everybody. It's like looking at old pictures. We, we thought you were cool then. You ain't cool now. Now, when it comes to uh, these terms, and they should be synonymous, but they're really not. When it comes to like, like the word saved or the word a Christian or the word a disciple, biblically, scripturally, they are synonyms. But in our culture, they are not. Listen, they are not. Because you know, I know people that say, I'm a Christian, a noun, a person, place, a thing, but you ain't a disciple. You're not a verb. You're not a verb, a disciple. You're not a person who's denoting action. We can't see it in your life. So it's, I'm saved. I go to church. Cool, thumbs up, man. But are you a disciple? Are you a follower? Are you a learner? Are you a student? Do, do you go to church? Do you serve? Do you pray? Do you give? Is there anything in your life besides what you just told me that I could sit back without you telling me one word and say, that's a disciple right there. That's a disciple right there. This is the end game of God reviving us with his word, with his salvation, with his deliverance in our life, that we get saved, our heart is turned, and we stay turned. We don't go back. We put our hand to the plow, we work for the kingdom, we serve in the kingdom, we love in the kingdom, we continue to let God just do his thing in our life. They, they, They preached the gospel to that city, and they made many disciples. I submit to you today discipleship is what keeps you revived. I believe this too with all my heart. Discipleship is a journey. Discipleship is an event. We we, we don't have discipleship classes that all of a sudden you take these eight classes and and you're a disciple. Hmm. It's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong pursuit. It's a lifelong ambition. It's a lifelong goal. You say, I want to keep learning. I want to keep growing. I want to keep being changed and being a disciple of Jesus Christ again. So the fire of revival that I got when I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, it continually gets sparked in me. It stays alive in me. It stays fresh in me. Because we know, and you talk to like, like Ashley and Giuseppe, who lead our, our great youth group, and, and, and the swing that we see in young adults and teenagers. Forgive me, teenagers and young adults. Uh, but, but we go to youth camp. <laughs> we go to youth camp and we get revived. And then about 
three weeks later, we got unvived. We got fired up, we got freshened up, we got restored up, we got worded up, and then life hit again. We've got to know how to keep the fire burning. And the fire stays burning in understanding how you can become a continual learner, student, and follower of Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody say amen. Let's say it this way. Discipleship, discipleship isn't knowing the Bible better, it's doing the Bible better. It's just not knowing the Bible better, because I've known a lot of people that have known the Bible, but, but they're just mean, nasty people. It's not just knowing the Bible, it's actually doing the Bible better. Uh, l- let me give you a couple different things. I, I wrote these down, hopefully they'll help you in, in a moment. But, but there's a difference between being saved and being a disciple. Being saved and being a disciple. And and look at this scripture in Matthew chapter 16 in, in verse 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, check that out. So he's talking to his disciples, right? He's talking to people whose hearts have turned toward him. If anyone desires, notice these words, to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So, so, So Jesus is talking to disciples. Jesus is talking to people who left everything, fishermen and tax collectors, uh, you know, talking to these 12. They've already said, uh, you know, I'm following you. But he says, if anybody else desires to follow me, uh, come after me. You got to do a couple of things. You're going to have to deny your flesh. You're going to have to deny your flesh. If you want to come, you got to say no to yourself. You got to say no to your way. You got to say no to your agenda. You got to say no to your plan. You got to deny yourself. You got to take up your cross. You got to embrace God's will for your life. I got to embrace God's will. This isn't just my life. You gave me life. You gave me breath. You saved me. You revived me. You restored me. You renewed me. Now, if I'm going to be a disciple, I've got to say yes to you. I've got to embrace the will of God. It doesn't mean you're in full time ministry, but it means that I'm. I'm growing, I'm understanding, I'm learning, I'm following, I'm serving, I'm giving, I'm forgiving, I'm working the will of God in my life, I'm going to stay connected, I'm going to stay revived, I'm going to stay with the people of God, I'm not leaving the people of God, I'm going to serve, come on, all this is part of this. And he says, you take up your cross, let's go back there real quick, verse 24, you take up your cross, your cross. You take up time. You take up. I'm never going to stop following you. I know it's going to be difficult sometimes. I know it's going to be challenging sometimes. I know it's going to feel like, like, like my hands are nailed to this and you won't let me go. And I want to get off the cross, but, but I'm going to follow you. And that's what just said. Just follow me. Just follow me. I, I'm going to lose my plan. I'm going to lose my own purpose. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to follow, follow him. Then he tells us in verse 25. Look what he says. Whoever desires to save his life, what's going to happen? You're going to lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake is going to find it. You're going to find real life. You're going to find real passion. You're going to find real purpose for your life when you decide, I'm just done with me. I'm done with me. I'm not just saying a prayer, turn, Lord God, and yes, save me, but I'm going to give you my entire life, and I'm going to stay connected, and I'm going to ever be in a state of being revived. Can somebody say Amen. I believe there's uh, several layers to this, so let me just give you some things I thought about several months ago, wrote them down for this message. Number one, you come to Jesus at salvation. Check it out. You come to Jesus at salvation, but, 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 but look at this. 
You follow Jesus in discipleship. You come in salvation. You come to Jesus and you're saved, but, but you follow Jesus in, in discipleship. Look at this next thought. Salvation is a one-time decision. Discipleship is a daily decision. So, so what, I, what, what I prayed on July 2nd, 1980, I got to still have that fresh in my life every single day because I got a choice. It's a daily decision. It's a daily decision. Salvation, look at this now, is done by Christ. You're saved by grace. Come on, not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is done by Christ, but look, look, discipleship is done by you. Listen to me. You have to put the work in to stay revived. You have to put the log on the fire. You have to stay fired up. You have to come. You have to read. You have to pray. You have to devote yourself to him. Salvation, we could say it this way, is worked in you. Salvation is worked in you. Check it out. Discipleship is worked through you. It's worked through you. It's worked through you. Uh, when I think about discipleship, when I, when I, or let me say it this way, when I think about revival, I think about, like in January, we know in January with the gyms, uh, more memberships are sold in January than the other time. Right? Come on, we know that. How, how many of y'all bought a gym membership and haven't been? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But, but I think it's like the guy that, that, you know, bought the gym membership and gets excited and he goes back to the gym. And he's been there for a minute, maybe, or been there before, but he starts lifting heavy weight. And, and as you start lifting a little bit heavier weight, guess what? You bulk up quick. All of a sudden, you get swolled. Come on, somebody. And you're looking in the mirror, looking around. And so this is what I think about revival. I think about revival that the person comes in, doesn't know, been away, whatever, and they get revived. They get swolled up, but then it tapers off. Then it tapers off. And, 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 and you, can, you can get bulked up in revival, you, but listen to me. You get ripped, you get toned, you get, you, you get definition, you get cut in discipleship. You bulk up in revival. Woo, God's a great God. God's a savior. Well, let's talk about that when the cat left you and the dog left you and mama got run over by a train on Tuesday. Let's see how big your God is then. Let's see if you still got the same fire you had over there. Again, this, this is the life and the lifestyle of the believer, that we need to stick with God and day in and day out just say, you are, you are my prize. <laughs> where else am I going to go? Like Peter says, where, where am I going to go uh, to hear words of eternal life? I'm not leaving anywhere. I, I'm not going anywhere. And even if we see Peter making some crazy decisions and bad, you know, bad choices, God was always there to restore him. Come on, everybody. And even we know that Jesus actually said in Luke, he said, Peter, he says, when your faith fail, I prayed for you that your faith not fail. And when you're, when you're restored, you're going to strengthen your brethren. So Jesus even knows that there's going to be times in our life that we mess up and his arms are open wide continually to receive us back to him, to get back on the plan of God. Come on, somebody. That's good news. Amen. That's just good news. That's good news. John chapter 8 has to be a cornerstone for us when we talk about discipleship. Some of y'all know the verse, but John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, notice what Jesus said. He says to the Jews who believed in him. These weren't unbelievers. These were believers who devoted themselves to him. If, notice, you might not. If, 
you abide in my word. You are my disciples indeed, verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free or set you free. Abide means to stay. Abide means to remain. Abide means to hold fast. Abide means to continue. It doesn't mean you're in and you're out. This is discipleship. This needs to be celebrated. The truth is what's going to set you free. The foundation of the word must be the underscored strength of your life. Not needing to go to have somebody pray for you, prophesy to you, lay hands on you. Nothing wrong in all of that. But could I say that is the icing on the cake of a believer a disciple who has joined their heart with God and saying, I'm going to know the truth and that truth is going to continually set me free. I'm going to know salvation. I'm going to know deliverance. I'm going to know the authority. I'm going to know peace. I'm going to know love. I'm going to know forgiveness. I'm going to know he, I'm going to know what your word says. And that truth is going to continually set me free. Freedom comes by knowing and freedom comes by acting on what you know. I got to know it, and now I got to act it out. Let, let me give you um, four, and I'll have to explain this, four, uh, just trying to break it down. Four discipleship steps. So, 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 so some discipleship steps that I have witnessed in, you know, 38 years of being in ministry. Here, here's the first step. It's, it's wow. It's wow. What do you mean? What do you mean? Somebody comes to church, somebody gets saved, and they come up and they tell me, I've never heard it like this before. This is the greatest church since peanut butter was invented. Wow, the worship. Wow, ama amazing. It's the wow factor. Come on, everybody. You've been there, right? Come on, you've been there. Wow. Uh, but but then, 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 then it takes on another layer. Here's the other layer. It's okay. Okay. Okay, here it is. Okay. I've heard that before, but all right. All right, still smiling. All right, I've heard that before. How many times, you know, okay, okay, yeah. I know that scripture, okay. But then the critical point is in the third step. The third step is, really? Really? You're talking about that again? How many times does PG have to say that same scripture? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away, all things become new. Uh. Let me tell you listen, a disciple never leaves the basics. What my prayer for everybody in the room and online is this, that we make it to step four. I get it now. I get it now. I, it's now been worked into my personal life. I had the wow factor. I passed through the okay, the really, and now it's worked in my life. That word that I've continually heard is part of the fabric of my life. Come on, everybody. Listen to me. Well, if we're going to clap, let's clap. Come on, everybody. 
Because if we don't clap good, they'll think that we're at the golf tournament. Uh, um, a phrase that I heard quite a while ago that I wrote it down that bears witness here. Here it is. You may be familiar with it, but it doesn't mean you have mastery of it. Oh, I know that. Mm, do you? Oh, yeah? Do you? Do you? But you don't have mastery of it. I know how to turn on my computer, and that's about as far as I get. I'm just telling you. I'm talking to Kimberly. I'm talking to Amy. I'm texting Carlos, who's you know up North County. He's on our staff doing stuff electronically and all, keeping us all lit up. Um, I don't know how to do anything. I don't. Have, I, I I I'm familiar with it. Oh yeah. Oh, oh oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But there is no mastery of it. My prayer for you and I is that we become masters of the Bible. Come on, everybody. Come on. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Come on, a few more scriptures. We doing all right? A few more scriptures. Is that all right, everybody? Come on, Colossians chapter 1. One, my, one of my favorite, this is kind of like my, one of my life scriptures right here. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. Him we preach. We preach Jesus, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Notice the progression. Notice the progression. We're warning every man. This is evangelism. We're warning every man. We're coming to people. We're coming to our family. We're coming to our friends. And we're warning them. You need Jesus in your life. You, you, come on, Jesus, he, he, he'll, he'll take you right where you're at. He'll, he'll cleanse your life. He'll deliver your life. Heaven will be your home. You need Jesus in your life. We're warning every man. We're teaching every man. Teaching every man, notice what it says, and it tells us this is discipleship. This is just discipleship. We're teaching every man. This is where I'm going I'm to grow. I've been warned. I, I've, I've experienced evangelism. I've made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. And, and now I'm, gonna, I'm a disciple. I'm, I'm continually working that out, which he's worked in me. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. But it doesn't end there. The end game is this, that we may present every man perfect in Christ. This is maturity. The end goal of our life is to be mature Christians, able to, able to have the Word of God worked in our life, moving in our life, moving through our life, where we can evangelize other people, reach other people, be, be a person that can teach other people what you hear here. You can speak to other people where they can grow in their faith and learn more and more about who Christ is and what He's done for you. But the end game isn't that you just be the same. The end game is you mature. You mature. You get toned. You get ripped. You look, if we lifted up your shirt, you got a six-pack. Maybe not, but you know what I'm saying. I, I want to just wind down, but let me give you a broad brush stroke. Broad brush stroke. Revival focuses on the heart. Discipleship focuses on the head. Let, let, me, let me break it down. In revival, your heart turns in repentance. I, I see my life. I see I'm away from God. I, I, I'm convicted of my sin. My heart turns in repentance. But listen to me. In discipleship, your head turns in mind renewal. It's not just a heart change. It has to be my mind is now renewed to the effects of what my heart has told me. My mind is being changed. 
my mind is being renewed. What's gained through revival has to be sustained through discipleship. Or else the pendulum keeps swinging. Don't focus on revival. Focus on becoming a disciple. Last scripture, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus says this in the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples. Tells us that. Of all nations. Tells us what to do. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. And he tells us, teaching them to do what? To observe all things. Teaching them to observe all things that I commanded. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. So he tells us there. He tells us there. Make disciples. Not keep praying for a revival. Make disciples. Parents, make disciples out of your kids. People who have influence in other people's lives, your goal is to make disciples. That once they get in, they stay in. That's the goal of the church. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Not have wildfire revivals. Nothing wrong with it, again. But the end game wasn't that the church would continually need to be revived. The end game for your and my life is to be on fire and just burn hotter and hotter for Jesus. So that the young ones could look at us, older folks, and say, I want to know the word like you know the word. How did you know the word? Let me tell you how I knew the word. I read it for hours and hours and hours and hours. How, how, do, you, how do you thumb your way, you know, uh, Grace? How do you thumb your way through that scripture? Well, let me tell you why I thumb my way through the Bible. Because I pick up my Bible every day. H how do you stay? It's the man or the woman that got the discipleship piece right. And didn't just say, I want to go out and I want to go in, I want to come back. Oh, again, we all could be a little bit more stirred up at different times in our life. But the first call of believers was and is to be a disciple. Many rabbis in Jesus' day, the, the teachers, the disciples called him rabbi. You, you know that. There were many rabbis that would teach Old Testament truths. And they all had their little followings. But, but the, the first call, again, when we know from the teachings of Jesus... The first call of every disciple toward their rabbi was to abide with them. Abide with them. Do life with them. Stay close with them. Hear what they're saying. Follow and walk with them. Walk with them. I, I was thinking this past week, again, as we wrap this whole thing up this morning. Do you think that every, every day with Jesus was, um, was boring? I don't think it was boring at all. I can't, I can't imagine being bored with Jesus. But I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, we'll find out in heaven, but I don't think every day, every day now, I don't think every day was a five loaves and two fish miracle day. I don't think every day was a Lazarus coming out of the grave day. I don't think every day was a blind Bartimaeus opening his eyes or, or a woman with the issue of blood or, or, or the woman bowed down for 18 years through God. I don't think every day was that. But listen to me, every day the disciples hung out with Jesus, they were being changed. Miracle or no miracle, 
Revival fire per se or no revival fire? Listen, Matthew 4, 4 verse 19, Jesus just simply says this, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. My prayer for us as we conclude this series is that we would just simply be people that say, I've chosen to follow you and I'm going to keep following you and you're going to make my life beautiful for you and I'm going to be used by you to reach more and more people for Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Come on, can you say amen all over the room? Come on, stand with me. Would you do it? Father, you've been with us today. We've sensed your presence like just an unusual, uh, an unusualness, Lord God. As we sense and, and we hear and we read about revival breaking out all across our nation, Father, we celebrate it. We celebrate the hearts of people being returned to you. And we, we honor you for that, Lord God. And we speak well of that in different churches, in different denominations. We're excited. But Father, we're equally as excited for the believers that have become disciples and have never left, whose hearts have been stirred with passion and praise, and who are men and women of prayer in the Word of God. And the fire has always stayed lit. Father, I pray for our church today, those in the room, those at home, those on the outskirts, Father, still finding their way, I pray that as you light the candle, the fire, the spirit of every believer, it will stay burning. Thank you for the oil of the Holy Spirit that we'd be filled and filled again with the Spirit of God. Come on, all over the room, let's just lift our hands. As Zachariah saw that vision, a bowl on top of the gold lampstand filled with oil. Come on, today, the very Holy Spirit filling your life with the very presence of God. The very presence of God, the life of God. Be filled and filled again with the Holy Spirit. And our fire burning brighter and brighter used by you more and more in the kingdom saved delivered but a disciple a learner a student and a follower help us follow more